Thank you. Wow, you all may be seated. I appreciate that. Thank you and welcome home. Welcome home to those of you that are here. And if you're here for the first time, we really welcome you as well. There's always room to grow our family here at Life Changers. This is our church family. Um, we have wonderful teams that serve. We have a wonderful staff um, behind the scenes. But our family is the church. It's the church people that come together. We gather together. Um, it's like our dinner table, sitting around the table. Um, so many times Greg and I would talk with the, student, with the kids, students, when they were growing up in school, and we'd have so many conversations, and kids would bring things up sometimes awkwardly. Like, we're, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're gonna talk about this right now at the dinner table? And, um, but Greg was always like, when they bring it up, we're gonna talk about it, because I want them to know that they can come to me at any time and say anything, and not be judged, and we'll work through everything. So. This morning, I want to, I just pray, Father, that your heart and how much you long to be with your children, how you long to know us, how you long to talk with us, and that nothing is too difficult or too awkward or too um, shameful. Lord, there is no judgment. You love us. You've already accepted us. So we thank you right now for this meeting today and this time we have together. I pray for each person that you would just begin to touch them in their heart by your presence and melt away any hardness, any walls, any fears, any preconceived ideas about their life, any judgments they've made about themselves over their past. Lord, you bring us hope every day, hope that things can change, that things are, are with you, all things are possible. So I thank you this morning that your presence is here. Thank you for your names, your amazing, the, the Lamb of God that you are, the power that you are in our lives, this Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the provider, the, our healer. There, you are all that we need as we sing today. Just reminded of that. I'm just reminded of God's presence. So I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And today, we're going to talk about relationship. We're going to talk about intimacy with God. We need to go deeper. God is calling us deeper to know him better. He's not interested in how much more you can do. I know that we give a lot of opportunities for you to get involved in a lot of ways that we can help our community, and we need to do that. Um, and, but, you know, we don't need uh, Chandler to come up and prop, you know, get us to go, hype us up to get, and we don't need Abe to really... We need to be people who come and we are, we're the ones enthusiastically giving, cheerfully, ready to take action. Because those who know their God will take action. So if they're up here, come on guys, let's go, let's go. See, that's telling me we don't know him. If we're not jumping out of our seats, if we're not ready to give, ready to serve, ready to jump in. Because... It's only when you know him that you do those things. Greg and I are crazy people. We were crazy years ago when we started this thing. And we just thought, but we would do whatever it takes. And we still are that way. Um, because we know God is good. And we know God will back us up. And we know that he is better than anything you can find in this world. He's the best relationship that you could have in your life. So I'm sure you have wonderful relationships with people, but maybe you don't. Maybe you're more lonely. To me, loneliness is the greatest gift. You could turn me down a little bit. I feel like I'm kind of echoey. Thank you so much, though, because they know I need it, and I'm so glad my mic works. 
because uh, sometimes it, okay, yeah, there, that's, that's great. I just hope I'm okay with you guys. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be yelling at you. But I am going to be strong today because God has a message for you. And I, and I woke up this morning and I heard him say, I, I, I heard him say, people are asking in their heart, has God forgotten me? Has he overlooked me? Has he, does he see me? And he said, tell them, I'm asking myself, do they hear me? Do they see me? Do they trust me? See, we, we know God is holy and he is, you know, the king of kings. But, <clears throat> but he's made you holy too. You just don't always know it. You're looking at yourself according to how you are in the natural. And you're not seeing yourself always the way you really are. So I want you to go deep. I want you, because we're, like, there's wonderful gifts. There's wonderful talents. There's wonderful things that we can do in this world. We can be successful. We can look good. We can be, have a great personality. We can impact people. And, but are you cultivating that anointing in you that salvation happens in three on three levels let me just say this real quickly a relationship with God so you are think of like a hard-boiled egg okay uh, the yolk of the egg that's your spirit the white of the egg well maybe let's think of like a real egg not hard-boiled egg let's think of like a real egg okay because that white of the egg is like all gooey and it's moving and it's like liquidy okay that's like our soul sometimes we're all you know over the place some days we're this some days we're that right but that yolk is the yolk it's the center of everything so your spirit is the center of everything you are a spirit you have a soul and then the shell is just that that outer part that's going to, you know, crack and we're going to throw that away eventually. Eventually this is going to pass away. The spirit part of you is what I'm talking about today. The spiritual relationship, cultivating a relationship deep from your spirit. Now, when you're born, your spirit's dead. All of us, because of the curse, we're born with a dead spirit. So we grew up with this soul and these emotions and these liquid feelings and all this, you know, and then and we're finding our personality and we're finding our groove in life and we're finding our friends and we're finding our identity and which group we're going to be a part of, you know, and all that. But none of that is from the spirit. God is spirit. And he is like the wind. You don't see the wind, but you see the effects of it. So you don't see your spirit. We see people's soul. We can feel their soul. We can feel, and we can see their bodies. But the spirit is invisible. But you have a spirit. Either your spirit is dead or alive. And if it's alive, you're born. Jesus said you have to be born again to see the kingdom of God. You're born of water, then you're born of spirit. So when babies are born, they're born through water. But then he said you must be born again a second time to receive that to get spiritually. First you're born in your body and your soul, but then your spirit is dead because of the curse. So now, does that make sense? Then, Jesus, when you're born again, all of a sudden your spirit comes alive and you know what happens? Suddenly you hear that voice. You know God. You know him. This is what you were longing for. You were all born with a hunger to know God. So, 
that is why people might get married five, six times, two times, three times, I don't know, or maybe one time, but be unhappy the whole marriage because, or in a friendship or relationship because there is no relationship. I mean, our whole life is full of relationships, right? In business and home, our families, our community. Um, you can't really get along, you know, without, you have to be able to talk to people if you're going to do life. You know, you have to get on the bus or get on the train. You got to talk to, call your Uber guy or whatever, do the app and all that. We have to be, have relationships, but none of those are the essential relationship that's going to catapult you into your calling. You can have a great life and have a lot of fun, and, but are you cultivating the spiritual side of you, that invisible part of you? Okay, because that, what's, what's amazing, that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to get my glasses here, and I'm going to share with you Revelations 3.20. Let's look at this verse. Actually, um, if you want to turn there, Revelations the last chapter in the Bible, last book in the Bible. And Jesus said, this is the beautiful blessing. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and I continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and restore him and he with me. Jesus is inviting us to this relationship. He's inviting you today. I don't care. I mean, I, I know um, the people that are on our team, they're hearing me as if they were here for the first time. So if you're here for the first time, you're here, you're new, or you haven't really, maybe you're coming back from out of COVID and you're just now feeling more comfortable. Listen, it's a relationship. It's not just a one-time thing, get born again, then you're done. Now he's saying, come on in. He who opens the door, I will come in and I will eat and I will restore him. Relationships are made up of several aspects. Relationships require honesty. They require communication, talking. They also require listening. Sometimes we go to pray and we just talk, 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 and we're not listening. Um, or we're like petitioning, that's fine, to God. But think about your regular relationships in life. It requires talking, listening. It requires honesty. And sometimes you have to, and, and uh, it requires acceptance, accepting people for who they are. And sometimes you realize this, this person is someone I feel at ease with. I feel like this person accepts me. See, you might accept everybody. Some people might not accept you. But you, but you want to know what the foundation, and respect is another thing too, no matter what, how deep the relationship is. Respect is a requirement for a relationship. Because to talk to someone and listen, you, you need to have respect for them as a human being. But relationships... You don't want to know what they're built on? You don't want to know the very foundation, founding, founding thing? It's not love. It's trust. Love, I know, is important in a relationship. But trust, that is the foundation for a relationship. So, when we trust God, we will know him. He trusted the Father and the Father trusted him, so their relationship is set, and they're the example for us. I just don't want you to miss out on this depth, and on this invisible kingdom of God. It's invisible. 
if we're just caught up in what's on social media and caught up on what's on television and caught up on what's famous and what's everyone looking at, but it's the invisible realm I'm hoping that you're going to focus on. I'm not trying to sound overly spiritual. It's just this is what gives me joy. This is what gives me joy because I'm living a life and I'm walking. I'm a citizen of heaven, even though I'm on earth. So when your spirit gets born again, I could die the next minute. It doesn't matter. My spirit's intact. I'm one with God because this is eternal life. John 17, 3, to know God. So not to know about him, to know him. I heard a lot about Greg Dickow once. And I was like, hmm. And I was like, yeah, that guy, I heard about him. I heard about him. He did this and that and he's done all these amazing mission trips to the Philippines, Korea, Japan. But I didn't know him. And to know someone is to know them, to really know someone biblically, you know them intimately. So we can't do that with everybody. But with God, it's just, we, God wants to know us and him to, us to know him and him to know us so intimately that we actually become full of God's, we become pregnant with his dreams. He's interested in us. He's interested in the, the plans that he has made for us. And when we start to know him, we start to, and we begin to trust him more. We start to open up and become more honest with him. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Because even in my life right now, we just celebrated our, 35th, um, our, our 30th anniversary as a church. But I'm more like craving God's, like I need to know him. I need to know him personally. I need, I still feel like don't, Lord, I, I, I'm, I want to sit with you. I want to talk with you. I want to hear from you. Because people will let you down. I will let you down. Pastor, we've let each other down. We stopped expecting each other to be the savior of the day and to be our perfect, you know, soulmate. Jesus is my, he's my co, I'm a co-heir with him. Anyway, I'm not going to keep rambling because I could just keep, I don't want you to miss out. That's all. So the beautiful invitation Jesus has given us is to lean into him, to open the door. I will come and I will dine with him and he with me. This is a season to lean into God's love and to listen to what he's saying. It, but it's up to us to choose to open that door. Yes, getting born again first, but then walking through, sitting at the table, listening, talking, trusting. And that means that we stop doing everything we're doing. Sometimes we've got to stop and think, wait, Lord, and, and listen for that deep, what he's saying. Because the Holy Spirit is gentle. He always, he's never going to like force you. You have to yield to him. So it's like, I'm going, going, going. And it's like, whoa, whoa, stop. I was doing that the other day and I felt like the Lord told me, stop right now and just get your cup of tea and sit down and talk to me. Because I was like in a race right into tea. And I was like, whoa, but I have to do that. I have to do this. I have. And then he stopped me and he's like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that right now. Like I could, and it wasn't like he was mad. He's like, you don't have to. He's gentle. So I was like, you know what? You're right. I was seeing it the way I always see it. Now I want to see things, the invisible things. And I sat and I had my tea and it, it saved me so much time. And it was just like, oh, hindsight was like, wow, I'm so thankful. He showed me what to do. And he'll do that for you. Sorry, I feel like I'm being boring up here. I don't want to be boring. I'm so like worried about, um, 
But Christianity is about a relationship. Jesus is coming to share his life with us. Um, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Yes, collectively as a body, by the way, this is the body of Christ. So coming to church is one way to step out of your comfort zone, to do something different, to come to church every Sunday and to be here. No matter who's up here on stage talking, you're hearing through them the Father's voice. And I pray that you have ears to hear today, to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. That's the beautiful thing about the church. But our individual relationship with him is what we're talking about. Intimacy is what everyone is really looking for. Everyone's like Abe was saying, being close. And I do like to be close. I don't like going to a restaurant. We have seven in our family and they always put us at a table of like 10 people and for 10, you know. I'm like, give us a table for six and we'll add a chair. Or give us a table for five. And my kids used to hate, they're like, mom's gonna make us, sorry, mom's gonna make us squish into this booth. But I'd rather be up close and personal. And I want to be close. I want to feel when you're talking. I want to, you know, I don't want you to be so far away. Jesus is like that. He wants to be close to you. Here's the problem. We don't do it. We just keep doing the same thing over and over. Our lives just keep going around the mountain. Keep doing like Martha. Just keep serving, serving. We're going to serve, we're going to serve. But we don't go deep. We don't take that. Because why? I'm going to tell you why. Not because we don't want to. We shy away from it because we don't feel worthy. We don't feel good enough. We don't know if we can really do it. We're afraid and we doubt ourselves. And so today I'm gonna to tell you a story about a man who felt that way too. And if you um, look with me in Romans 3, 21, this is probably my foundation verse for today, one of them. I only have like a few. But Romans 3, it says in verse 21, I'm sorry, yeah, Romans 3, I'm going to read from the Amplified. It says, but now the righteousness of God has been revealed. So this Jesus who's come and said, now the door's open and um, has been revealed. Well, let me, let me go ahead, jump back to John. Just go back to John. I forgot. I want to share this other verse first. John 20. So just going back a little bit to the left. John chapter 20, verse 17. And it says here, Jesus is just rising from the dead. By the way, can just give me one second set context for this. So I know it's Christmas, but this is like an Easter story. Um, but Mary is at the tomb and she's crying because the tomb is opened and no one's in there. And they're like, she's like so upset because they took Jesus away. So she's crying. And then she's, now Jesus comes up and she thinks he's the gardener. She doesn't recognize him. So she's, she looks at him, and she's like, Sir, please, can you just tell me where they placed him? They took my Lord away, and if you could just show me where they placed him. And she's crying, and she's sad. And many of us are like that. We're sad, we're depressed, we're overthinking things, we're, we're upset, we're trying to yeah. figure out, well, why did this go away? And this was supposed to be this way, and this was supposed to be this way, and I'm not sure, and now this, someone took this from me, and someone took this from me. And now I get it, and we have pain. I have pain too. There's things that have happened too. I understand. So then Jesus goes, Mary. He calls her name. And then she sees him. And she sees him for who he is. And he, and she's like, my Lord. And he said, and she wants to like hug him, you know. And he goes, stop, don't, don't cling to me yet. I haven't yet ascended. But go to my brothers and tell, go to your brothers, my brother, and tell them, my God is their God. My father is their father. In that moment, the relationship was set. 
you can come now boldly because what Jesus did, he had already gone to hell, taken the keys of hell and death, come back up. Now he was rising up, ascending. A woman, by the way, first one to see Jesus. Hello, women out there. Um, and Mary represents, um, it comes from the, the word myrrh, which if you remember the three kings, let's get back to Christmas, the three wise men, right? The three wise men, these are men that were very prominent in their culture, and they put Jesus first. They went and sought the king. Wise men seek God first, <laughs> right? And if you happen to sing that Christmas carol this year, I pray you do, and I pray you read all the verses. It tells the story of Jesus' life. The first king brought gold, the second brought um, frankincense, and the third brought myrrh. It tells the story. He's born a king. He's deity. He died on the cross as God. Um, I mean, he, he came as God, and he walked along, and he, he healed people. He did the things that God does. He did everything his father said. He was truly God. And then myrrh represents bitterness and sorrow, and he had that dying on the cross that he had to do. He came to do that. One guy was telling me, he's like, I'm so, I can't believe what Jesus went through. And he's like, it's just terrible what these people did to him, how they treated him. I mean, I just can't get past that. It just breaks my heart. And I said, Michael, my friend, I said, Michael, I know, I get you. I said, but he came for that purpose. He knew the whole time that's what he was going to do. That was the plan. He's like, I know, but those, and you know, this guy doesn't, he's my hairdresser, and he doesn't hold back. He'll like cuss left and right, he doesn't care, you know, and he'll be like, all the, you know, and I'm just, I'm laughing. And he's like, I mean, it's just these people. They, and I said, Michael, you and me put him on the cross. All of us did. It was our sin. It was the plan from the Father. He, he didn't want anyone else to have to pay the price. He wanted Jesus to pay the price. So um, that's why the, the, the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. But those three wise men took over two and a half years to find him. They took time out of their lives. They're important people. Sometimes we think it's not very important to go to church. We think we've got other important things. More important than to pray, to give. I've got to use my money for this and that. But man, when we give to God, do you think he forgets that? Do you think he overlooks it? No, people overlook what you give them and they forget. God never does. So Mary, he calls her name and she sees him for who he is and He's like, go tell them, my father's their father, my God is their God. So now there's this, this righteousness that um, has, is established, and it says, now go back to, to Romans 3, and it says here, now, verse 21, the righteousness of God has been revealed independently and altogether apart from the law, although actually it is attested by the law and the prophets. Namely, the righteousness of God, which comes by believing with personal trust and confident reliance on Jesus Christ the Messiah. And it is meant for all who believe, for there is no distinction. And by the way, my friend Michael, we talk about the blood of Jesus, he's doing my hair, and he's, and I'm like, that, he's like, that bill was paid. That bill, and he knows the bill is paid. And it's so funny, because he talks about like how these People, you know, but we're, we talk about the gospel, and there's people around you in your daily life that want to know this Jesus that you know. But why don't we open our mouth? Why don't we take action? Because we really don't know him. We might be religious, we might go to church, but do we know him? Because when you know him, you'll take action, you'll open your mouth, you'll talk about him. And we have great conversations, and he's, 
He's like, my life's not perfect. I told him my life's not perfect. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're all, the bill's paid. And just on that note, you know, he said to me recently, he said, you know, I, I walked into my house and he goes, I know you might get creeped out, but I, this house that my parents have owned, I feel like it's haunted. And, you know, these things have happened. The chandelier starts blinking and all that. And, and I'm like, you know what? Are you the manager of this store? He says, yes. I said, so you tell people when they to work and when they're not to work? Yes. You tell people when they can come make appointments and if they can't, if no one can take them, you say no or book? Yes. I said, well, that's, you are the spirit. This store is your body. Think about it like you have authority in this store. You make those decisions. Your spirit has decision-making power to know the truth. I'm like, you don't have to worry. You walk into a place, demons walk backwards. Yeah, I believe things can be, there's demons out there. Guys, there's demons out there that are trying to stop you. And sometimes they're clothed like an angel in light. Sometimes you would not think that they are. You think they're the best thing that ever happened to you, but they're pulling you away from God? No, that's not the best thing that's ever happened to you. Anything that takes you away from this relationship, you wanna, you know, so, I'm saying that to say that we are all equal in Christ, all of us, all of us. And that's what this righteousness does, okay? So since we've all sinned and we're all falling short of the glory of God, which God bestows in receipt, which since all have sinned and are falling short of the glory of God, all have sinned and fallen short. That word short, falling short, means inferior to, less than what you were intended to be. So that falling short of the glory means you're coming short. Glory means what you were intended to be, what God designed for you. So to fall short of the glories, we fall short from what we were intended to be. But Jesus restores us. Okay, now, to my story, really quick. Go to Luke 19, and we'll just read the story. And I know that some of you might know, oh, I know this story, but this is a man who felt he was short. He really was physically short. And he felt, and he also was kind of, he did some bad things. He was a tax collector, he would lie to people, he would steal. We do those things because we feel guilty. If you're doing wrong things, it's because you probably feel guilty on the inside. When we feel that, that's what we do. When we feel and identify with sin, that's what we end up doing. All right. I have a, that was, a, I was just, like, I think I'm in the anointing of pastor. That was a very long introduction, and it's going to be a very short message. Okay. So, Zacchaeus um, is our, our friend here. Jesus enters Jericho and was passing through it, and there was a man called Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was trying to see Jesus, which one he was, but he could not on account of the crowd because he was so small in stature. Sorry, reading out the Amplified. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus reached the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus! Notice how he said the name? Your name is important. You are a unique individual. Nobody else is like you. Nobody. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and he came down, and he received and welcomed him joyfully. So what do, what do we want to learn from this little situation here? Number one, Zacchaeus was short. 
which identifies us when we feel short. Why don't we come and dine with Jesus? Because we feel still inferior. We feel we don't know how to pray. We don't know if we feel we did something wrong maybe yesterday. We got into a tussle with somebody. Now we feel yucky and we don't feel like we can pray until we kind of shake that off. And does anybody relate to what I'm saying? Or, ah, oh, I just had a bad day and I made wrong decisions and I'm mad at myself. And that's the worst kind of, it's not so much when you're mad at others, when you're mad at yourself, that's really hard for you to enter God's presence because you're just so obsessed with your own issues. And that's the kiss. He was short. All men have fallen short. We know that. But it doesn't matter how prominent or high up in society you are. All men must be born again. All men fall short of the glory of God. So, number one, that's the first important thing we have to see. Zacchaeus is short. Number two, what does he do? He goes up the tree to see Jesus. That tree represents the cross. It represents what Jesus did for us on the cross. Zacchaeus had to get in that tree. That tree, the tree is what elevates us to who we were intended to be. We fell short of what we were supposed to be, but the, the, the cross puts us back where we're supposed to be. Jesus did that, not you. You don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to make everything right in your life. Jesus made, this righteousness comes from him. Is anybody in the house today? Thank you. We can only see who Jesus really is when you see him through the cross. Mary saw him when he called her name, the love. He reached out just like Zacchaeus. You have to see Jesus for who he really was, who he really is. And he is not mad at you. He's calling you. He's inviting you. He knows you. He, look at this. So Zacchaeus goes over the two. Then, then we see that Jesus... What does Jesus do? Jesus sees Zacchaeus and he notices him and he recognized him. He knew him. Then in verse 5, Jesus calls him by name. And then he says, I must come to your house. Bottom line is Jesus is interested. He's interested. Have you ever been around? I'm so tired of being at a place where everyone's at the restaurant and everyone's on their phones. Every, you know what I mean? It's like so, oh my goodness, it's tough, you know? But Jesus is not on his phone. He's looking at you. He notices you. He recognizes you. I know this might sound like very simple, but if you will let it go deep and recognize in the moments that you have during your day, he's watching you. Not looking at you like, you better not do that. You better not do that. I can see everything, you know. I look down from above, the Lord up above. He looks down with love. You know, you watch careful little fingers what you do. Careful little eyes. What, remember that song for kids? As I be careful because he's looking. No. He's looking with love. He's looking. Zacchaeus. I, he recognized him. And he said, hurry. So he heard and he came down. So we see this pattern of relationship. He notices him. He sees him. Zacchaeus can only see Jesus, though, through that tree. And it's in the tree that the connection is made. That's what I want you to see. It's not through your... Zacchaeus didn't go to Bible school. He didn't have time to repent. He didn't even confess anything. Hello, somebody. He did not, um, you know, serve. He didn't do anything for anybody. He simply responded. This relationship is a response 
So I'm just going to let you know today that Jesus is very easy. His yoke is easy. We make it so difficult. And, but again, why don't we come running into his arms? Because we feel bad about ourselves. So you know what you do? You get up in that tree. You got to climb that tree and begin to see what happened. What happened in this moment where Jesus died for us? Because immediately we see he hurries down, he receives him, he welcomes him joyfully. And then it says, when the people, now notice this, when the people saw it, they began muttering in discontent. Oh my gosh, he's gone to be in the guest of a man who is a notorious sinner. Oh my gosh, he's with somebody who we know is not good. But people will see you for who you are in the natural. That's why your best friend needs to be Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. And you need to have this relationship with this word, these promises. I encourage you to get a journal and start to write down, have a moment with God. I don't care, time with God, TWG. That's what my son Rob calls it, TWG. Have time with God. It might just be one minute. It might be two minutes. It might be five. Start with one minute. Sometimes we don't want to take time to pray because it feels so... Your flesh... You know the verse that says your flesh is weak, but your spirit's willing? Yes. So that's the picture when you... It, it's like... Uh, I don't know if I take time. I don't know where I'm going to read. I mean, I've got this Bible. I don't even know where to turn. I don't know what to do. And it's like uh, your flesh is weak, but your spirit's like anything. I'll take anything. Let's just go to church. Just put on the YouTube channel. Play it. Just um, put the Bible on audio. Just listen to any chapter. It's like your spirit's like, come on, let's just do one thing. Let's do something. Let's do, you know, right? It's like we don't have to do the perfect formula. But what happens is as you begin to go, as they went, right, the people who know their God take action and do great exploits. It's not because you're perfect. This is, we are happy and perfect people. Zacchaeus was imperfect. But what, these people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Jesus, you know. But we've got to not let those people that are limiting, and that's why I was saying with relationships, sometimes if you don't need everybody to accept you. I know people don't accept me always, and sometimes I haven't communicated perfectly, obviously. And, but, but if we could really just walk in, in love with each other, see, and why don't we? Why don't we? Because we don't know that we are loved. We don't know. It's not just that we don't know who we are in Christ. It's we don't believe we're loved. And love begins by knowing God loves you. And so when you know God loves you, you don't need anyone to react properly. He doesn't care. Zacchaeus doesn't care that they're gossiping about him now. He doesn't care. He's got Jesus' attention. Jesus recognized him. Jesus noticed him. Jesus saw him. Jesus is the most important person in the world. The three wise men, they're coming after this baby Jesus. He hadn't even done anything yet. Can we be wise enough to look after the invisible things and to build our lives on this kingdom of God that's available to us? Or are we going to just be mere men and women that just live life like everybody else, trying to be, get, you know, get as many followers, try to compete with people, try to compare ourselves, try to make sure we outdo one another? No, I'm so sick of that. No, I had that in high school. When I was 20, I got born again. I loved all of that. And I encourage all of you to take a step, a deep, deep, go deep with God. Amen. Don't stay in the shallow, in the shallow relationship. You know, just coming to church, be a person who's like, 
So what happens, and I'm just going to tell you, in the very next verse, Zacchaeus stopped and he said to the Lord, See, Lord, I am now giving half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I'll give back four times as much. He's taking action. But did he take a class? Did he listen to, like, finances, eight steps on finances? Did he learn about tithing? Did he even tithe? No. He connected with Jesus. Jesus said, and guess what? Jesus said, I'm coming to you. I must come to your house today. And I must stay with you. And what I love about this is that Jesus wants to stay with you. He's not looking to just kind of, you know, you get in line, do this. I just want you to fix that, fix that. No, he's like interested. I don't understand how God can do that with all of us. But each of us are his favorite. Each of us he's looking at. Each of us he recognizes. Amen. Hello, he made you. I think he would know his own creation. But why don't we take the time? Because we don't believe. And Zacchaeus just spending time with God. Look, he's already giving like God. You become like those you hang around. Amen. He just had this one, these moments, right, with Jesus. And suddenly he's like giving away half the store. That's what happens when you know your God. When you know him and you know there's so much there that you've been missing, you give all these things away. Who cares? You know what? My basement right now is a construction site. Last week, we, our sump pump broke, and the backup didn't work, and it flooded everything. I did have a nice basement three weeks ago. Now it is a complete construction site. There's dust everywhere. And sometimes when and I call, I, you know, I was talking to my husband. I'm like, I, I know it's going to get fixed, and we've got insurance and everything. I said, but it's just such a mess, and i got to put the cats. The cats had to be upstairs for seven days. Like, they could not, because there's like, unfinished wall, drywalls. They had to cut it out. They had to pull all the carpet out, baseboard, everything. It's a mess. And you know how those carpet have those, stick, those like, little, um, the nails are sticking up? And, and so, and all my dining room is full of all the stuff that was in the basement and my garage. So now it's like half the garage is full of stuff and, and um, garbage and old carpet you had to pull out and then the, the dining room. So I'm like, Greg, it's like, it's like the, the house is like fine, like the kitchen and then the family room and where the Christmas tree is up and then it's a disaster. The dining room, we don't even have a table. It's just stuff, you know. And he's like, I know. He goes, construction can be messy <laughs> at times and just like life. And, you know, there's that beautiful tension. Sometimes everything, you have some parts of your soul that are beautiful and worked out and you got to figure it out. But then there's some things that need renovation. And sometimes we don't like it when everything's falling apart and everything's not, you know, it makes us feel unsettled. But if you know him, you'll be okay. And suddenly I realized that. And I'm like, you're right. It's like walking on water. It's probably super scary, but it's got to be a blast. Can you imagine walking on water? Super scary, but what a blast. <laughs> I'm going to live my life in 2024. I've already made up my mind. December is my, my, I'm changing. And I'm so glad that all this stuff is happening because I'm looking at all this and I just decided, this is okay. It's a beautiful tension because all the while, I know I'm the righteousness of God. I got my spirit. Your spirit man is already connected with God. 
your soul, yeah, it moves and stuff. Your body, don't worry. Your body, it, but your body can get healed too because as the soul goes, your body can be healed. So you don't have to settle for just, well, this is what my body is. Jesus says in the very next verse, today salvation has come. Will you let salvation come into your house today? Will you let Jesus come into your house? He's not saying, come up, come to my kingdom and bow down. He's like, I'm coming to your house. What are you making? I'm going to eat, stay with you. Today salvation has come to this house because he too, talking about Zacchaeus, is a spiritual son of Abraham. He just called him a spiritual son of Abraham. Like, you're in. You're in. So, problem is some of us are in, but we're not cultivating. So will you do that for me this Christmas Will you take time with God? Will you take time to listen? Will you let him come in, move in? I know. And guess what? We found out in the foundation floor of our, um, under our basement that there was like all this sawdust. The builder had left it unclean. And, it, and so they got that all cleaned out. And so sometimes when things are falling apart, it's because there's some things that are not quite right in those deep places in our life that we're afraid to go to. We're afraid to face. We don't want to talk to God because we'll probably have to. And you know what I've learned? Go there. Yes. Just go there. You might be driving down the Kennedy. You might be walking to the bus. You might be at work getting water at the workstation, and suddenly you feel it, and you're like, Lord, I'm just mad that this happened. I'm just upset at this person. I just feel bad about And you begin to have that honesty and that open communication and the trust, that you trust him. I'm not asking you to trust me even. I'm not asking you to trust everybody. I'm asking you to trust Jesus and let him know all the things that are deep down in the deep because that's when change happens and that's when your anointing starts to really kick in and you start to really become like him. Suddenly you're doing the things God does because you're his child. It only took one meeting with Jesus. So Father, we thank you for this moment in this Christmas season. And Lord, I just speak blessing over every household here. And I declare your presence will fill every home and every heart. But now I just ask, and if you're here today and you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, you've never given Jesus your life, you want to be like sure that you're going to heaven, you want to have that eternal life, which is to know him, and you want him to come in, then I want you to raise your hand right now. If you want to do that, if you want to pray that prayer, all right. Then everyone just pray together along with these. If you've raised your hand, and maybe while we're praying, you might want to slip your hand. I don't care. It's between you and God. Let's just all say this. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. He took care of everything. He forgave all of my sin. All of my guilt has been wiped away. I'm no longer unworthy. I'm no longer unholy. I'm clean because of the blood and what he did on the cross. I get up in that tree. I find my place in the cross of Jesus Christ and I receive a brand new life, a brand new heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God some praise. If you gave your life to Jesus, then just let us know. Let us, our prayer partners know if you need healing in your body, we'll be up here. We're going to keep the lights up, and we're going to be down here, our team. 
We're going to lay hands on you if you have any sickness in your body. But we have a little book, Power of New Life, my husband wrote, that will help you in your journey. And maybe you've been coming for a while, but now you really want to go deeper with God and you want hands laid on you or you want this little book to get you kick-started. Um, join a life group, people. Join a life group. You guys, we got to join a life group. Join a team. Take steps. Get to know God and then take a step. Come back to church. This, we've got great holiday services coming up. Next Sunday, I'm not sure what is the schedule. Christmas Eve, 10.30. We'll be here, 10.30. And we're going to simulcast Hoffman Estates. So we're going to be one big happy family Christmas Eve morning, Sunday. I'll see you guys then, all right? God bless you. I love you. Have a great day, and we'll see you soon.